living in a world of suck. Living in a world. Living in a world of suck. The suck. Living in a world of suck. The suck. The suck. The suck. The suck. The suck. Living in a world of suck. Well, Broncos fans, it's another day of living in a world of suck, as the great Emmanuel Sanders would say. Our team is 0-4. Um, it's not good times in Denver. It's a tough time to be a Denver Broncos fan, and no one will deny it. And, and like I said on Twitter last night, it's really hard for me and many people here in Europe, many diehard Broncos fans here in Germany and around everywhere in Europe, UK especially, it's hard to watch our team suck when we're staying up until 2 a.m. to watch. And you know what? If they're going to put this kind of effort on the field and lose continually, then I, I just can't give my time for that. I just can't afford it. And and I don't see it changing this year. Now, I'm not saying I'm giving up on them. I'm not saying I'm not going to watch. But am I going to watch live? Probably not. I'm probably going to watch the Rewind on GameCast or on, on Game Pass and be able to fast forward the commercials. You know, normally, if this team is competitive, then yeah, I'll, I'll stick through and I'll I'll suffer a bit. But they're just not there, and and, and that's in the end. I want to talk about in the second segment why it's it's not the end of the world. Why actually the events that have led to zero and four are actually kind of encouraging and actually could end up being better for the team. Now it's hard to believe now after suffering this really heartbreaking loss again, but stick with it. I'll tell you in the second segment why I think it might be the case that the Broncos actually are better off having gone 0-4. Now, this game was, was uh, it was really two games. Obviously, everyone who watched it knows that. It was, it was the first half, and then it was the second half. The first half, the Broncos looked like a good team. They, just, they looked like a good team. They were running the ball. They were passing the ball. They were, they were getting to the quarterback. They were just, they, they looked well coached. They looked like they were on top of things, prepared, ready to go, on fire, etc. And then, you know, at the end of that second quarter, Joe Flacco threw that just brutally bad interception uh, in the in the red zone. Um, ended up being three points for the Jaguars, and it totally swung momentum. And that was the biggest play in my mind of the game, and I think everyone would agree um, that swung everything to the Jaguars. Now, I think my bigger problem here, and everyone who listens to this show knows that I'm more of a, you know, I like to get into the philosophical side of things rather than just the stats and and the numbers on the field. And my bigger problem with this whole game was not the fact that, that it was, you know, this interception, which was bad. It was a bad pick. But they, the team came out so flat in that second half. It was like they, they gave up. It, they, they really, there were signs. There was real body language that was truly negative. There was negative body language. And this is not a super young team, guys. Honestly, I see more leadership and energy out of the youngsters than I do just out of about anybody. Now, Emmanuel Sanders is totally the exception. That guy doesn't deserve one second of criticism. Not at all. He doesn't deserve to be in the criticism for this team. I, I, I really mean that. And there are a couple others as well. Sanders deserves to be on a better team. I hope they trade him. I, I truly do because, for one, he doesn't do any the Broncos any good this year because they're not going to win anything. He's going to be gone next year anyway, and I want him to win. I want him to win. I, I I love Emmanuel Sanders. The dude is such a baller. The dude is such a baller. Man, I mean, he doesn't deserve to be on this sucky of a team. And yeah, you know, he won a Super Bowl here, 
Like it's done. It, that that era is over. He needs to move on, and Elway needs to move him on, and soon. He's got to do it before the trade deadline, which is, I believe, now at week eight. And you know, besides him, the the guys that I look at, the guys that you see on the field with passion and with leadership, I see Cortland Sutton. I see Sutton as a guy who just continually knows where to be, and, and he understands the game of football. I've said that since his rookie season. The guy just gets it. You can see it. You can see that he just understands. Philip Lindsay just gets it. He just he's got that passion, that fire, and, and and I think he understands football, and I think he deeply, deeply loves football. Bradley Chubb shows emotion. Now, sometimes I think some he's he's growing into a bit of a Von Miller type of sometimes idiotic emotion, but I like that. I would rather that than Joe Flacco, you know, face. He's got this resting board face. I said this in the preseason, and I got killed for it. I don't like his face. It, it, he's too. He's, there's no emotion. He's like Trevor Simeon. Now, Joe Flacco is not the main problem on this team. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's the solution either, obviously, but he's not the main problem. But someone has to step up and lead this team. And it can't be Todd Davis because Todd Davis isn't that good. You got to have one of your stars. It's got to be Von Miller or it's got to be Joe Flacco. Chris Harris Jr. I mean, I see these guys now coming out post game and saying, yeah, well, we don't have the same players on defense. Yeah, well, you've been bad for the last three years. And you want, you want to know what I want to gripe about today? It's not even the Broncos. It's Broncos fans. You know why? Because Broncos fans, there are so few people giving Vic Fangio any crap at all. You know what would have happened if this was Vance Joseph still coaching the Broncos? You remember last year when everyone was completely convinced that Vance Joseph was the only problem on this team? Well, how does that look now? The skipper dude and I were all over that. Now, Vance Joseph's not a great coach. No, he's not. That's fine. I agree. You know what? He wasn't the only problem, and we're seeing it now. There's no depth here. And there's no leadership. I don't see it. Tell me where it is. I Again, I said this last year. I said it in the preseason. And I got killed for it. People keep, you know, they keep bagging on me because I'm negative. Well, this isn't a good team. I don't want to be negative. Do you think I want to predict this team to be a six-win team? And now that looks like that's not even going to happen? Of course I don't. Good grief. This is a team I stay up until 2 a.m. to watch. Don't doubt my 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 fanship. I mean, I love this team. I am as loyal as you're going to get as a fan. But you know what? When I see a bad team, when I see issues on a team, I'm going to say it. Like I said last season, Vance Joseph was not the only problem. And eventually, John Elway has got to get some crap. The guy has got to be, you know, at least get his seat a little bit warm. I'm not saying fire John Elway. I'm not. But he's, you've got to, the fans have got to step up and say, this isn't good enough. This isn't good enough. This is the worst stretch of Broncos football in their history. You think Mr. Bowen would be okay with this? No. And you know what they do when they're when they're a team that you know fails three or four drafts in a row? They go and put... Band-Aids on it. They get Case Keenum. They get Joe Flacco. That's not good enough. 
eventually someone has to step up and say, John Elway, you got time to fix this or you're gone. And I'm saying one season. I'm saying 2020, and if he hasn't totally turned it around, he's gone, period. Don't get me wrong. Again, I love Elway. Elway will be my hero forever as a Broncos player and as a GM. He won a Super Bowl, period. But you know what? Eventually, that runs dry, even for the best. We've got to stand up as fans and say, this is not good enough. That's been my negativity. I'm not happy with the Joe Flacco signing because it doesn't make sense. He isn't the problem now. No, he's not. But you know what? He's also a quarterback who's 0-4. That's just the simple fact of it. He did lead a, a, a comeback drive, and he did deserve to win. Probably two games, but he didn't. That's just how it goes. So, I mean... You, yeah, you, I'm not blaming everything on Flacco. I'm not. But he's not the guy who's just taking control of the team and winning. Now, he's been better than I expected. He has. I mean, I, I've bragged a couple times in the show how I've been right. Now, let me tell you where I've been wrong. I thought that the wide receivers were going to be a weakness. <clears throat> wrong. They've been awesome. I thought the pass rush and the defensive line was going to be our strength. <clears throat> wrong. Now, the pass rush obviously showed up this game. But the defensive line is total crap. What the heck? I mean, Shelby Harris just doesn't fit the system. He's not big enough, apparently. You got to get someone bigger who's going to actually be able to fill that 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 nose tackle position. It's not it's not working. I mean, in in, in you know this is going to change next season because the whole defensive line practically is gone besides Chubb and Miller. I mean, Wolf is gone. Shelby Harris Jr. is gone. Gotsis is gone. It's going to be a very different line, and it's probably good because then Vic Fangio can bring in guys that he actually thinks is going to fit his scheme because obviously something's not working. This has not been a good defense, and the secondary is not that good either, and I, I, I had qualms about that in the preseason that we were all, and, and yeah, you know, I, I was also wrong. By, by the end of the preseason, I thought it could be a strength. I did, so I was also wrong there. But I, at the beginning, I should have trusted my gut because I said, you know, a lot of this is pretty unproven. You know, you don't know how these guys are going to work together as a team. Are they going to be cohesive? Are they going to figure out Vic Fangio's scheme, which is different than what they've played before, except for Callahan, who may never see the field as a Bronco? So there were always question marks heading into this season. That's why I didn't ever understand the optimism. It's a rookie head coach. It's a not very good quarterback. It's a totally unproven defense. These are all things that, that they were questions that had to be answered before we could get that positive. Now, I don't mind people being positive. I love fans being positive. That's what fans should do. I don't want to go into a season feeling like we're going to be the next Miami Dolphins. I don't. I've got no complaints about people who are optimistic, but I do have complaints about people who leave me negative remarks and negative reviews just because I am not po- optimistic about this team. How do you feel now? Are you going to go leave me a positive remark? Are you? Are you going to go comment and say, oh, well, huh, maybe Kevin's negativity was actually kind of right. It's got to go both ways, guys. Yeah, I'm not always right. I'm wrong a lot. But if my negativity ends up being, hey, this is an 0-4 team, you should go leave me a good review <laughs> because I deserve it. Because you give me bad reviews because I came in and said, this isn't a very good team, and I was the only one doing it. I report I talk about how I see this team and it's not always pretty so please I, I really mean it for for those of you who left me negative remarks because of my negativity you absolutely should 
as honorable people, go and leave me positive remarks and say, hey, hmm, Kevin was kind of right about this team. And I'm not happy about that. And like I said, in my second segment, I'm going to talk about how it's actually kind of a good thing. It's not all doom and gloom. Now, it's a lot doom and gloom because we suck. That's just the simple fact of it. But there are some good things to look at. In a weird way, losing is good. It hurts to say it. I, I've been a competitive athlete before, too. I am still very slightly now as well. I don't ever like to lose. I don't ever like my teams to lose. But when you stop looking at it from our fan perspective, sometimes losing is good. Now, is tanking like the Miami Dolphins good? No, I don't think so. Because you, it doesn't make sense to just trade away everyone like they did. They, they, they're trading away their young affordable talent. That's ridiculous. I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all. It's like saying, hey, here's a young guy who's cheap, who's proven. Now let's trade him to try to get another young guy who's cheap and unproven. That doesn't make any sense. So no, the tanking like the Miami Dolphins is ridiculously stupid. But there is a tank. There is a rebuild, a full rebuild that makes sense. And it's something the Broncos should have done years and years and years ago. And part of why it didn't work was because John Elway failed at drafting, and he especially failed at drafting quarterbacks. Now, we'll talk about in the second segment why this could work to the advantage and how the Broncos' next quarterback could be the solution to absolutely everything. But first, the Skipper Dude up next with his reactions to Game 4 and what the Broncos should do moving forward after this quick break. Thanks as always, Kevin. So, it's the NFL version of the circle of life for our beloved 2019 Denver Broncos. 0-4 for the season, losers of eight straight games over two seasons, a suddenly embarrassing run defense, and Joe Flacco playing quarterback. If you watched the Lion King movie recently over the over the summer, I think we're at that scene where Simba returns to his kingdom and, and sees that the animals are all gone and all the vegetation's dead. And Scar, otherwise in our world known as Andy Reid or Bill Belichick, is completely in control. And if you follow Broncos and Browers, you pretty much know that I'm an eternal optimist. And well, I'm still an eternal optimist, even after Sunday's heartbreaker with the Jags. So so today, I wanted to take a quick look back at how we got into this mess and, and then what it's going to take to get out of it. So first, looking backwards, you really have to start this journey in about 2012 and the great Peyton Manning teams. After the horrendous playoff loss to the Ravens in 2012, John Elway went into a win-now mode as he, he needed to with, with Peyton Manning. He looked to build a championship through free agency with guys like Wells Welker and, and Luis Vasquez and Dominique Rogers Cromartie. And in large part, it worked. He, he put together one of the greatest offenses in the NFL history. And when the defense wasn't good enough to win a Super Bowl, Elway turned right around and built possibly the greatest defense in NFL history for the 2015 season. But it was in win-now win mode. As he drafted, Elway began taking flyers with, on guys with issues 
but with potential win-now talent, guys like Bradley Roby and Shane Ray. But, but by 2016, with three straight fairly bad drafts, including a terrible 2015 draft, the inevitable circle of life in the NFL asserted itself. Peyton Manning retired, and Elway began paying for his short-term win-now decisions. But, but the NFL being what it is, you can pretty much get away with a low ebb of talent on your team as long as you have two things in place. Number one is a very good coaching staff, and number two is a very good quarterback. And obviously, Elway completely face-planted on those two areas in 2016 with Paxton Lynch, and then again in 2017 with Vance Joseph. So here you were in 2017 with bad drafts, a total bust as your franchise quarterback, and a head coach who simply wasn't up to the task. It's probably a wonder the Broncos weren't even worse than they were back in 2017. I think they were still kind of running on the fumes of the Super Bowl years. Guys, these are the types of moves, Paxton and VJ, that set organizations back for years. And that's exactly what we're seeing today. You don't just pick up and dust yourself off after decisions like those. You really have to start over. Now, the good news is that Elway and the Broncos really did start over in 2018. A very good draft with Chubb and Sutton, Freeman, Jewel, Hamilton, Sam Jones, and of course, Philip Lindsay as a free agent. At that point... In 2018, you had some fantastic top-end talent with Von Miller and Chris Harris Jr., but just some horrible, horrible depth on the 53-man roster. And, of course, with a new coaching staff and another good draft in 2019, you're seeing the talent level starting to fill out, especially on offense, but we're just not there yet. Flacco has not been your biggest problem, but he's not your answer at quarterback either. Not if your question has anything to do with making the playoffs and going deep into the playoffs. And this defense has a few pieces. Besides the obvious with Chubb and Miller, Simmons looks fantastic at safety, and Bosby looks like a baller. But it's going to need to be basically blown up, the defense is, and rebuilt this next offseason. And as much as I wasn't expecting to be saying this after week four this year, I think you have to figure this is another 5-11 and type of team and just treat everyone above that as a happy surprise. So, how fast are Elway and Fangio and Scangarello and the front office and the coaching staff going to be able to turn the things around? After all, this is the NFL, and worst-to-first stories are not particularly unusual anymore. Really, I think the answer to that question rests on the shoulders of Drew Locke. If you look at a best-case scenario with Drew Locke, and he starts later this year and looks like a Lamar Jackson or perhaps even a Daniel Jones, then I think you could have a scenario as early as next year where your offense will be firing in high gear, your defense is in the state of rebuilding and Fangio's image, possibly becoming adequate, and perhaps you just bludgeon teams offensively for a season, and you could knock on the door of the playoffs. And oh my goodness, those games against the Chiefs would be fun in that scenario, wouldn't they? Now, if Locke looks like a bust, or perhaps worse yet, you're drafting from a position where where Tua or or Justin Herbert is available, and you decide to go in that direction instead, then you can pretty well write off the 2020 season as far as any, any playoffs are concerned as well. But either way, 
I'm still entirely convinced that as we start to take stock of this Broncos organization, yes, ownership is a total mess. Elway's made his fair share of mistakes, but he's still the mastermind of two Super Bowl teams in his eight seasons as GM. And in my opinion, you fire Elway people are a bunch of losers who need to have your heads examined. But most importantly, I'm a big believer still in Vic Fangio and the coaching staff he's assembled. They are what will eventually get us back to the top of the NFL, or at least close. This organization, I believe, is headed in the right direction and very near rock bottom. I honestly thought they hit hit rock bottom in week one in Oakland, but I think I may have been wrong. Now, this is going to be a good football team in the years to come. But, I mean, look at perennial powerhouses like the Steelers, who are struggling, and the Saints, who are probably not far behind as they prepare for life after Drew Brees. Unless you're Bill Belichick's New England Patriots or a perennial 8-8 eight eight franchise like the Tennessee Titans, what we're living through now is part of the death and rebirth process that most teams have to go through. It's the circle of life. It's harder for us right now because Elway botched a quarterback decision and a head coaching decision in back-to-back years. But hey, we'll get through it. It's the NFL, the not-for-long league. Nothing lasts that long, including losing. Kevin, back to you. Thanks, as always, to this skipper dude. Um, I guess I'm one of those jerks who's saying L.A. should be fired. Okay, no, I'm not saying he should be fired. Again, I want to clarify that. I don't think he should be fired, but he should at least be on the hot seat. He has to be. When you lose this many games in a row, we've at least got to be talking about the GM. That We have to. We've got to stop blaming it on someone else. I mean, last year or two for the last two years, it was Vance Joseph. And yeah, it was definitely partly his fault, but it wasn't all his fault. When you draft, when you have four bad drafts in a row, eventually you've got to get a little bit of criticism. For goodness sake, even if your name is John Elway. Please. Anyway, I I tend to kind of agree with the Skipper dude. I do think that there is obviously an ebb and flow in the NFL and that the Broncos contention window was never open in 2019. I never thought it was. I never thought it could be. That was part of my pessimism. Now, the other part of my pessimism was Joe Flacco and and signing him again to a multi-year deal. Now, it sounds like that's not as bad as I thought. It's something they can get out of. They don't mind losing a little bit off the cap. Okay, not the end of the world. Um, And so, you know, you run with Joe Flacco and you, you lose with Joe Flacco. I still don't see the point. I don't think there's ever any reason to bring to bring in a mediocre veteran, not cheap quarterback. I just don't get it. You don't prove anything. You don't learn anything. And he's not a guy who's going to win you a playoff game. So I, I still don't really understand it. I don't hate it. The guy has not been terrible. He's been okay. Now, what I do like about this team. Um, okay. No, okay. First, I'm sorry. I should start off with the negatives. As the skipper dude says, this defense has got to be blown up, just completely destroyed and rebuilt. Um, as I said last week, the fact that the fans were all, you know, happy and overjoyed that Todd Davis was coming back and he was going to be the savior, that's that was that blew me away. I mean, people, you know, just really thought he was going to be the difference. I mean, come on, Todd Davis is a he is an average NFL linebacker at best, at best, guys. I mean, so we've got to accept this defense for what it is. And that's just not very good. Now, they've still got some very good players that I think they can absolutely build on. Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Justin Simmons has been very good. There are some guys, maybe Josie Jewell is a, is a solid backup 
linebacker. He's not a good starting linebacker. He's 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 solid against the run, but he is a total he's he's a drag against the pass. And so you've got to bring in someone in like I mean seriously, I, I'm not even kidding. So what I think okay, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Calm down, Kevin. Calm down. Deep breath. I will get to what I think they should do after I talk about what I do like about this team. The offense really looks like it's getting it's going. You know, it's starting to click. It's start, these guys are starting to get it, and I really like Rich Gangarello. I like his. I like the the smoothness of the offense. I like how it operates. I think it's not perfect. I think that the players have you know definitely that. <coughs> excuse me, have definitely failed at times. Um, but I like it overall. I like the mix of pass and run. I like the play action. I like the little bit of you know odd plays like that screen pass to to Noah Fant that that was a really nicely designed play maybe a little bit cheating with the 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 lineman down the field but hey we'll take whatever we can get um I think Sutton is really showing he can be a number one receiver which is huge 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 news Sanders is going to be gone probably sooner rather than later I hope sooner rather than later so obviously um outside of Sutton you're going to have a whole bunch of nothing. I think Deshaun Hamilton's been targeted maybe four times this year. Um, so he's not really done anything, and neither has really anyone else outside of Sutton and Sanders. Now, Fant, I think, has really shown signs of being something. He looked much quicker this this week. I think he looks, finally, to my eyes, like he is he is ready, like, like he is... He's playing and he's not thinking, and that's huge. I mean, that's huge. And I really think there are some there are some players on this offensive line. Even um, I think once they get a healthy and you get an actual left tackle, um, I think you're in decent shape. I still like the running backs, and I I do really believe that this scheme would fit Drew Lock better. Now I don't know if Drew Lock will be will be better than Joe Flacco. I don't know if he's good enough. We'll have to see. Which I think we will now that they started zero and four, but. I think it fits his skills very well. I think that the the play action, the bootlegs, the rollouts, the you know the kind of simple passes, the seam passes. I think these are plays he can make. You know, Joe Flacco has been good, but but can anyone name? There have been a few passes that I thought were really good passes, and there have been absolutely. I, and I don't want to take that away from Flacco. He he has absolutely been better than I expected. I was wrong about Flacco. He's he has been better than I thought. But I don't think he's he hasn't been special. There hasn't been that many passes where it was like wow, you know. No one else can make that pass. A lot of it has been scheme. I think a lot of it's been open receivers. It's been guys, you know, brought open by by scheme and good play calling. Some of it, obviously, again, to Flacco, but but he hasn't he hasn't blown me away. I don't think anyone could say he's been like this just unbelievable passer who's made unbelievable throws. So I think that Drew Locke could come in and I think he could succeed in this in this scheme. And I think he could be better than Flacco. That that is absolutely something to be optimistic about. Now he could come in and totally fail. And if that's the case, then you hope you go one in fifteen this year and you draft one of the top quarterbacks. It's a very t- quarterback heavy draft. Um, you got, you know, you got Herbert, you got Tua, uh, you got Fromm, a couple other guys that are predicted to go in the top 10. At this point, the Broncos will definitely be picking in the top 10, probably top five. And so at least you'll know if you play Drew Locke, what you have. Now, I wish Drew Locke wasn't hurt, obviously, because I think he should play tomorrow. I think he should start next week. At 0-4, there is zero point to play Joe Flacco. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, there. what's the point? I mean, we know who he is, and he's been good. He deserves to to go to some team as as maybe some team that that's got a hurt quarterback. Maybe they should trade Joe Flacco for goodness sake. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe he can go 
I don't know, where would he go? Maybe New Orleans, you know, I, I don't know if that really fits the scheme. But anyway, I mean, I think he, he is a guy who has a role. I just don't think it's here because this is a real rebuilding team and he's not a rebuilding quarterback. So, you know, if Drew Locke wasn't hurt, I think he should start next week. Now that he is hurt, he can come back at week eight. Now, if it's me, I think he should start week nine. A hundred percent, no question. Don't think about it. And this shouldn't even be, a, I don't think it should even be a discussion. And I don't think it really will be because, there aren't that many Joe Flacco apologists out there, and there aren't that many who are going to think it's even those who love Joe Flacco aren't going to think that he should start if this is a team that's not going to make the playoffs, and they're not going to make the playoffs. One team, I believe, in the in the last 40 years has made the playoffs after starting 0-4. I think it was the San Diego Chargers back, geez, I think sometime in the 1990s. So it just doesn't happen, and it's not going to happen. The Broncos have a terrible schedule. The, the, the games they had to win were Oakland and Jacksonville and probably Chicago, and they're 0-3. I mean, that just it just shows you this team is, is actually losing to some of its easiest opponents. They haven't played Kansas City. They haven't played San Diego, or excuse me, L.A. I mean, there are a lot of really tough teams. Buffalo, they still have to play. There are, there, this is not going to be an easy season. They have to play Minnesota. They have to play Detroit, who's been very good. Detroit just just really should have beat Kansas City. So this is going to be a long, 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 long season. But we have to be okay with that. We have to say, all right, this is this is a JV team right now. Think of it that way. This isn't a team we even really care about. You know, they're going to lose, whatever. We don't care. It, no one ever cared if JV lost, except for the guys who are playing on JV, right? You know, the the guys who are, they're, they're not really the main team. They're just kind of the backup team, the young kids. And that's what we got to look for. We got to look at this as a JV team. Who are the young guys who are going to show out? And some guys already have. I mean, absolutely. I mean, Sutton, Reisner, Simmons. You're seeing guys who are going to stick with this team for a long time. Simmons should be re-signed. Will Parks has been terrible. Good grief. It's a shame because I like the guy. I like him on Twitter. He seems like a good dude, but you, you just he's missed so many open field tackles. You just can't do that as a safety. Good grief. So, you know, it, it's going to have to be rebuilt, and it's going to have to be truly rebuilt. And the good news is, is that they're on the right track. They've had two good drafts in a row. The offense is looking really quite solid. And, and I think with a good, young, cheap quarterback, Drew Locke, or maybe Jake Fromm or someone else, you could really build this team fairly quickly. I think you you go and and you you pay attention to the defense which you've disregarded for the last several drafts and several seasons because you thought it was good enough and it wasn't. You thought Todd Davis and Josie Jewell were good enough which I will never understand. I mean, okay, I don't want to get negative again, but but the fact that you go and get Joe Flacco who is a win now quarterback and you stay with Todd Davis and Josie Jewell at inside linebacker, if it Fangio scheme <sighs> Sometimes I just don't get it. I just don't get it. But anyway, I'm trying to stay positive. I think that losing is better right now. It's it's okay to lose actually because it means Joe Flacco is not going to get the run. They're not even going to be trying for the playoffs. They're going to be trying for the future, which means they're going to give Drew Locke a chance. They're going to see what they have with him. If he's good, if he's bad, if he's bad, okay, fine, whatever. Cut bait. Draft a quarterback in the top five picks next season. Now, if Drew Locke shows that he can be that guy, that he can be a great player in that scheme, which I think he could be, then you're you're a win-win. Because, I mean, even if he struggles, I mean, I don't even mind if, if Drew Locke loses. I actually think it's a good thing because I think you want now to lose a lot because I think you want to be at the top of the draft. It sucks. But if you're going to be 7-9, and nine, you may as well be 2-14. and 14. We've just got to come to that grip. Now, every game 
is a bummer because I hate losing. I hate my team losing. But it, it, you don't want to be seven and nine. You don't want to be six and ten. If you're going to be six and ten, you should be one and fifteen. It's just better. I mean, it, that's just the simple fact of it. So if they if they keep losing, that's okay. Now Drew Locke, if he shows signs, he makes some throws. He shows he can be special. That's good enough for me. And that means heck, you know, hey, if you go two and fourteen, maybe you end up with a number two pick in the draft. You've got your quarterback, so you know what you do. You trade down and you get draft capital. You trust that John Elway is going to continue to to have good drafts like he has the last two and you you have to rebuild this defense now maybe you also have to you have to bring in guys at left tackle and wide receiver but I don't know if you need them in the in the top 10 picks you know so maybe trade down get another top 10 pick you know and and maybe a first in 2021 whatever I mean whatever you're going to get if you're one of the top two picks in this quarterback heavy draft you could really really trade back and get a lot but again that only is the case and only something you should do if Drew Locke is the answer quarterback. Now, so what should the Broncos do for the rest of the season? They should play the young guys as much as possible. That means Drew Locke when he comes back. That means trading Emmanuel Sanders, as I said earlier. I mean, this is not Emmanuel Sanders' hate. It is exactly the opposite, truly. Don't don't take this as, I don't like him. I love Emmanuel Sanders. I think he is the one guy, or one of the few guys, at least, that is playing his heart out out there. He's shown unbelievable toughness and coming back from an injury he's quick he's strong he's motivated he's passionate and he and he's a good receiver I hope he goes and finds success somewhere else other than New England Jesus they trade him to do to New England then I'll hate him forever but he should be gone and, and we have to think about Chris Harris Jr. too and maybe Derek Wolf though I don't know if anyone's actually going to trade for Wolf because he hasn't been that good but Harris Jr. would would absolutely have some value and, and there's just no point with him here anymore Do you really see him signing on to this team? Probably not. Now, if you really think that the Broncos can win in 2020, which I don't, I think think they're looking at 2021, maybe, I hope. And so Harris Jr., you just, you don't want to pay a 33-year-old cornerback. And so there's no point. So if you can, if there's one team that just really needs a cornerback and you can get a third or fourth or even a fifth round pick, you should do it. Take your lumps, you know? The defense is going to be bad already, so be really bad. I mean, you may as well. Why not? I mean, there, there's, it's better to be really bad than just bad. And I, I believe that. I mean, it, it sucks. It is kind of tanking. But you have to tank smartly. Don't do it like the Dolphins, for goodness sake. Don't just blow things up for the sake of blowing things up. But if you have guys who are going to be gone next year anyway, they're not part of your future team. That's the main point. That's the main point. If there are guys who are not going to be on your team in the next contention window, you should try to 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 shuffle them off. And the best examples are Emmanuel Sanders and Chris Harris Jr., not Von Miller. Von Miller is a generational player. Now he's had a bit of a rough start, but he you don't train someone like Von Miller. I did I, I've never promoted that, and I I don't see why anyone would. I mean he should be a, a lifelong Bronco. I mean, a hundred percent. It's for me, it's not even a question. Obviously for some other people it is, but that just, you know, we'll leave that as it is. But the team, the losses for this season, they hurt. They're rough. Like I said, I don't like sitting up till two and watching a bad team, a team that finds ways to lose. It's like the Colorado Rockies for years and years and years like this season too. As I, as I said on Twitter last night, my good buddy, 
from way back when Nick Lipinski asked me, you know, or said, you know, it's only what I think 190 days until baseball's opening day. And, and I told him, you know, in Denver, the teams that we have, we should have faith in right now are the teams that are playing in the arena, not on the field. And it's, it's the truth. And the Broncos should try to emulate the Nuggets. And I actually think they kind of have. They brought in Vic Fangio as a, as a veteran guy, a tough, old-fashioned, hard-minded defensive coach, just like Michael Malone. It's exactly like Michael Malone. And you know what Malone did? It took time. It was hard. He had to build the team in, in the image he wanted it to be in. He needed to jettison some players. He needed to bring in some others. And you know what? The Denver Nuggets are one of the top teams in the NBA now because they stuck with it, because they had a plan. They had a process. And I see Elway has a process now. And I don't think he did before. I, I don't. I don't think he had a process. I think I think he was, as the skipper dude said, he was kind of a win now all the time, no matter what. And that worked when you had Peyton Manning. And you had a structure that was still, that had already been somewhat built by Josh McDaniels. As much as we might hate it, there was a lot of that structure built by him. That defense was around with Tim Tebow. Don't forget that. They went 8-8 eight and eight with Tim Tebow, guys, who I love. <laughs> I'm a big Tim Tebow supporter, but he was not a very good quarterback. So we got to remember that. that the Elway did, he did inherit a fairly good team. And then he brought in a couple guys that made it a very good team. As I said last week, he is a he's a GM who who understands how to play when you're ahead, how to win when you're ahead, but not when you're behind. And I think he's figuring it out. I think he really is. I I, I see him emulating Tim Connolly in the Denver Nugget. I've got to build. I have to build a a character. I need to make this team into something that 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 can win for the long term. And it has an identity. And the identity is old-fashioned, tough defense. Now, boy, we did not see that yesterday. But you know what? That's that's just how it's going to be. You're going to take lumps. You know, you, When you have a new system, a new creation, a team that you want to build for the future to last a long time, first of all, you need a quarterback. And second of all, you need players who fit the system. And right now, it doesn't seem to be the case. And when you go four straight seasons of bad drafts, you're going to have bad depth. And you're going to have teams that aren't very good. This defense is not very good, and that's partly because they've been ignored for the last two drafts that were good drafts, and before that, the drafts were terrible. So you can see what happened to this defense. A couple bad injuries, and they're toast. But there is hope for this team. There really is. Not this season. But but just remember that. Just just remember in the games now, don't look for wins. I, I mean that. Don't, don't, don't go into a game hoping for a win. Go into the game watching Philip Lindsay. Watch Dalton Reisner. Watch Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant. These guys are the future of this team. Watch them, Justin Simmons. Let's see how they do. How do they continue to progress? Do they get better? Do they stay the same? Do they get worse? And let's start looking ahead. I mean, geez, Joe Rolls has already got some some mock drafts for 2020. It's kind of depressing. (laughs) I mean, it really is. I'm not a big mock draft guy, but some of these MHR guys are amazing. Don't I mean truly? Stay with MHR. Stay with MileHighReport.com because they always have content that just blows my mind. Joe Rolls is one of the best. This guy is just awesome. Awesome content. Just all the time. And 
it's okay. It's okay to look forward to the 2020 draft. This is a rebuilding team. And they're a few years off. But we need to come to grips with that. I need to come to grips with that. Absolutely, I do. There have been some things I've been right about, and there have been some things I've been wrong about, of course. And that's the same with all fans. And I mean, I know people don't always like my takes. They don't always like my tone. That's okay. I don't always like, you know, tones and takes on on Twitter or, or other podcasts either. We're allowed to disagree. We're allowed to have different opinions. That that's what this is all about. My vision of the Broncos is probably different than John Elway's or 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 Joe Doe, you know, Joe <laughs> Joe I'm trying to think of what what's the John Doe. Joe, jeez. I've been gone from America too long. I'm trying to think of like German <laughs> Joe Mueller, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, let's have some faith. Let, let, let's look at the process. Because if not, if we don't trust the process, if we don't trust what John Elway has in mind, then it is only negative. And I don't want to only be negative. This season is a negative. It's going to be a losing season. So we have to look at the future and we have to have faith. Because if not, then we're just looking at a team who's going to be the next, I, don't, I mean, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who just scored 55 points against the LA Rams. So maybe not even them, maybe like the Miami Dolphins. And I don't think that's the case. I don't. I don't. This team has been bad for several years, but I, I do think there's a plan. Now, the plan is going to take longer because Elway failed at some drafts, and that's just the simple fact of it. But the last two have been good. So let's have faith that John Elway has figured it out. He understands what the team needs. He understands the, the image of the team. Vic Fangio is the guy. Scangarello, I absolutely think, is the guy. I hope he sticks around or, and doesn't get a, a, a better job too soon. The team's going to get better, but it's not going to be this year. And I hope, I do hope, that you all stick with me through negativity, through positivity. We're in this together, Broncos fans. We're in this together. I want the best for them, just as you do. Let's remember that, and remember that it is still a game, and it is a team that we love, players that we admire, and they're going to get better. I hope. Mm, don't fall asleep.